Welcome to Fraser 365. I'm Chris Montgomery, senior pastor of Fraser Church, and I'm excited for you to be joining us on the study of the book of Colossians. May the Lord bless and challenge you as we seek to know the Master so that we can live His mission. This is day two of Your New Life. Today's title is Living in Two Worlds. Skip Heitzig said, If all you have is Jesus, then you have all that you need. Our text today is Colossians 1, verse 2. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. In verse 2, Paul identified the Christians in Colossae by their relation and location. First, he recognized their relation. He addressed his letter to the saints. The word saints means set-apart ones. In verse 1, Paul says he is an apostle, a sent-out one. Now he identifies the believers as saints, set-apart ones. We are set apart by God to be sent out for God. Once we are redeemed, we have a new identity. The term saints describes the transformation that takes place at our salvation. Sinners have become saints. Saints are set apart from death to life. We have a brand new relationship with Christ as his saints. We also have a new connection to each other in our God's family, to the faithful brothers in Christ. Once we are rightly related to God, we should be rightly related to one another in his family. This new relationship in Christ comes with two locations. Skip Heitzig describes them as follows. First, Paul speaks of their geographical location with the phrase, at Colossae. Paul was writing to a church in a city in Asia Minor, 100 miles east of the city of Ephesus. It was what we know today as Turkey. However, Paul speaks of another location, that being their spiritual location. Notice again, he refers to them as in Christ. Geographically speaking, their location was in Colossae. Spiritually speaking, their new location was in Christ. They were now a citizen of two worlds. They possessed a physical address, but now, as the saints of God, they possessed a new spiritual address. Eighty-seven times, the New Testament says we are in Christ. Paul uses this term most often. Peter states it twice. Luke uses the term only once, but he is quoting Paul. Therefore, in Christ is Paul's deal. And this is unique because no world religion ever talks that way. You will never hear a Muslim say, I am in Muhammad. You will never hear a Mormon say, I am in Joseph Smith. You will never hear a Buddhist say, I am in Buddha. But you hear Christians say, I am in Christ. Thus, we have the life of Jesus in us and our life is wrapped up in Him. We are in Christ, living in that duality. I know I live here, and I should be responsible here, but I also know that I have a heavenly home. In this book, Paul is always drawing us to the fact that we have a heavenly home that should always be part of our thought process. This is also one of our struggles. How do I honor the Lord with my heavenly address, and at the same time, be responsible in an almost anti-God environment. We should struggle with that, 
Jesus prays about this struggle in John 17. Therefore, the term in Christ describes this new relationship with God and our faith family. We live in this dichotomy of our physical and spiritual locations. Verse 2 continues with these words from Paul. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Again, Skip Heitzig may have the best explanation. This is a very typical way of beginning a letter. If you looked at old Roman letters, thousands of them begin exactly the same way. But what Paul the Apostle uniquely does is he combines the greetings of the Western world and the Eastern world, and then he tweaks it a bit. So, the common Greek greeting was kairain. Kairain means rejoice. The Jews, when they see each other, say shalom. This word means peace. Therefore, the Greeks say rejoice, and the Jewish people say peace. What Paul does is he takes these two greetings, combines them, and then tweaks them. He doesn't use the word kairain, but keres, which is similar. It is part of the root word, but it's a little bit different. So, if you are a Greek speaker and you hear this, you'd go, Oh, I see what you did there, Paul. You took one of our greetings, but you made it spiritual. Grace, not rejoice. Grace and peace to you. They happen to be called the Siamese twins of the New Testament. You find them in every letter of Paul the Apostle. It is always grace and peace, and they are never reversed. It is never peace and grace. You want to know why? You can never understand the peace of God until you have experienced the grace of God. And when you experience the grace, the unmerited and undeserved favor of God, it produces peace. He reminds them that, in Christ, grace and peace are brought together. As believers, we live in grace and peace. Grace and peace are character traits of living for Jesus in a world that is opposed to Him. Living in Christ produces grace and peace. Consider these questions. How are you doing living physically in this world, but spiritually in Christ? What are your successes and struggles? In what ways is your life characterized by grace and peace? Please pray with me. Lord, teach us today how we can be fully embracing your grace so we can be instruments of your peace. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you.